Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And we are live in the carne asada. I'm not Juan. I originally wasn't supposed to be here right now. We delayed the podcast a little bit just so me and Roger could talk about it. But if you have been living under a rock, Shea Otani has officially signed, shockingly, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Before you go on, show, before you go on with the Shohei news, Cody, I got I got breaking news right. Now. There we go. The breaking news is back. Got a little ahead of myself, but yes, Otani is officially signed. I feel like we've kind of been debating that he was probably going to announce the deal with himself because pretty much everybody in the MLB national news, they had no idea what was going on. He officially signs that 10-year, $700 million deal. I repeat that, $700 million for Shohei Otani the largest guaranteed money in North American sports. Obviously a lot to take in, Roger. What are your just immediate reactions of what this what this means? I mean, I, I guess I'm like everybody else, right? Like yesterday, like I had a feeling like something was going to go down like yesterday, right? And then we started hearing all that stuff yesterday, all those rumors coming out, and it didn't look good, right? Those reports, right? He was going to the Blue Jays, but nothing official, right? So it was kind of like, I don't know, but it still didn't kind of make sense, right? Still kind of you figure, you figure the Dodgers are kind of the best bet. And nothing came about after yesterday. And then today, I didn't expect nothing today. And then all of a sudden, it's like 12 noon, and you get that, you get the the report, right? And and kind of as, as I expected, I knew it was going to come from his camp. I knew no reporter was going to break this. It was going to come directly from his camp. And that's what happened as he posted IG. Yeah, it it was something that me and you were talking about off air extensively kind of watching what pretty much everybody in the baseball world was watching. And you could call it plane, plane watch, plane gate, whatever you want to do. Everyone was tracking that one airliner and it ended up not having Otani on it at all. A lot of uh, heat got put onto uh, Morosi from MLB network where he tweeted off two inaccurate informations from his sources. One saying that Otani was pretty much, heading toward Toronto on that flight and that uh, signing was imminent, which I guess he was kind of correct on that. It did happen before the end of the week here on Saturday. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely shocking that I would say the number that was put on his contract, because before the injury, he was a true two-way player. So you could realistically see, all right, maybe he is worth that $700 million figure that everyone's throwing out there. Um, but once he had that UCL injury, you, you even know, like on this on this show, we we've all had kind of mixed feelings, kind of about signing this type of player to that t- type of contract. But I've been one of those guys that have been very high on getting Otani on this team. 
um, just because of the dollars that not only does it bring in for the franchise itself, but I just feel like after back-to-back postseason losses, the way they've lost, I feel like the fan base needed a jolt of energy. And I feel like Otani definitely brings that. And, and Otani even himself on, in his Instagram post, there's a, there's a couple things to get into that. And one of the biggest things that I took away from it is that, you know, he just really wants to win. I feel like after the WBC and the amount of motion that he showed for that, just team Japan during that little small exhibition series, you could say it meant a lot to him. And I, I definitely think in his six years in, in the MLB, now that he has kind of the two way player, with him, he wants to take it to the next step. And I obviously I, I feel like we've been preaching it that his best chance to be on a winning franchise is with the Dodgers because of their track record. And now he kind of uh, he he affirms those um, reasons that we put out and he signs with L.A. So. So real quick. So I want to get into some of the chat. So Philip Lopez, the ghost of Al Davis. Juan is not here. As you can see, he's out. I don't know what he's doing. You might have to kind of text him to tell him, dude, you're missing like the biggest uh Dodger news in like who knows how long, right? Um, same thing, Roy Estrada. Yeah, where's the Debbie Downer Juan? <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, the, the Micheladas, 40 bucks. I mean, here's the thing though, with, with that 700 million, I was talking to somebody today. Dodgers already have sponsors in in line, right? They they know okay, whatever he's gonna make, and it's deferred, right? We heard it's also, it's also deferred. So if it's deferred. It's a Bobby Bonilla contract, right? So if they pay if they pay Shohei, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 million this year or for the next 10 years, he's going to have a buttload of money coming to him for who knows how long, 10, 15, 20 years. So, and Shohei did, it was said he did this on purpose, right? To help the team, to help them, you know, be able to get more players, right? And And I think now with that, you know, everybody says we need pitching. I won't be surprised now where there's going to be a lot more free agents that are looking at the Dodgers, right? Because they have become significantly, significantly better with Shohei Otani on this roster. And I think there's going to be more guys that want to come and play for LA. Yeah. And going off of that point, I, I, I think it's kind of the general consensus consensus around the league is, is multiple reporters, not just for the Dodgers, um, but even Jeff and then kind of in Otani's post, he kind of alluded to where now it's, if LA wasn't already an attractive option to join before now, it's probably blown through the roof. Cause now you arguably have, I would say probably the best three you could argue in like MLB history between Betts, Freeman and now Otani. And, and he brings a lot of energy. He brings a lot of money to this team. So I don't, and, and you mentioned it being deferred as well. This not only sets up the Dodgers well for this season where they still have to address some needs like starting pitching is probably the biggest thing they need to fix, but also in the future where it doesn't seem like this deal is going to be anchoring them down. It still seems like Otani set the deal up the way he did because he wants this entire, probably 10 year contract to be filled with a chance to not only compete for the world series, but win multiple world series. Cause in my mind, that's just the, the goal for the Dodgers right now every year is to win the world series, especially when you put, all your chips in the bat on the table for Otani. Um, but I don't think they're done. And a lot of beat writers have kind of alluded to this where the Dodgers big moves. It obviously Otani was the big fish to get, but I, I don't think they're done, whether it's through trade or f- through free agency. Um, there's like a lot of guys out there. Um, and it just seems like this is the type of move that the Dodgers are making to, to go all in for 2024. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean the big, I mean the big fish pitcher, right, is Yamamoto, right? That everybody's talking about Yamamoto, and the reports have been he's a Dodger fan. He wants to play for the Dodgers, right? But it kind of seems maybe they're they've been it's gonna get they're gonna get outpriced, right? But I think now with Shohei on the team, I think Yamamoto is a very realistic possibility, right? To come for him to come to LA now and join Shohei. So if they get that, if the Dodgers sign Yamamoto, I mean, it's it's just going to be crazy for for LA and, and what and what's ahead for LA. Yeah, and I believe they are. I don't know if that that it was reported at the winter meetings that they are going to Japan to meet him. I don't know if that's happened or is about to happen. So maybe they already kind of knew that they had Otani on lock. I mean, Dave Roberts alluded that the meeting went well that they had on Friday before the winter meeting. So uh, maybe this is part of their big plan a where they want to get some of these guys um if they don't get yamamoto i feel like the bidding war for yamamoto is going to be a little bit harder than shohei because it realistically was only like three or four teams that could get otani just because we saw the deal he just got 700 million not many teams can afford that type of deal but for yamamoto's case due to his age and the pitcher he is he can sign a long-term deal and a lot more teams are even still comfortable with it. And the Mets, they're the biggest team that's been rumored to go after it. Uh, the Yankees are thrown in there as well. So the Dodgers may have a little bit more competition. But the thing is, is Yamamoto, if he wants to be a Dodger, I feel like that beats all else. He may take less money. He may take less years. He may take that chance just to play with Shohei Otani, who I assume playing for Team Japan is probably a huge idol for him. And if he is truly a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Maybe he takes a little bit of pay cut just to come pitch for this franchise. But honestly, the Dodgers could still afford him even as max value. I know we've kind of gone back and forth. Well, is he worth that $300 million tag that's kind of being put on him? I'm not too sure. But honestly, I I feel like with the money they're going to make on Otani and the money that they're going to make with putting a good product out there, I mean, the money's limitless if they win a World Series at the end of the day. Yeah, and one of the comments from from Nando, the Dodgers should go in all in on 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 and trade their prospects, right? I mean, I think we're still going to see that. I think we're still going to see trades, right? I mean, technically, I mean they're at four, they're at the forty on the forty man roster. I mean they got Shohei, so that's technically forty one. So they've got moves to make, whether they're going to DFA some guys or they're going to trade guys, right? And I think that's all going to come come up right now. Now that the big fish, they they got Shohei, that the Shohei. Did, you know, dilemma or whatever you want to call it, right? That all MLB was looking at. Now he's off the board. Now I think you're going to start seeing a bunch of other guys start signing the free agent pitchers, the trades start happening. Now that they know, okay, Shohei's in place in LA. Now all the other moves are just going to start falling like dominoes. Yeah. And I definitely think the Dodgers still have to figure out what they're doing with their prospects because, you know, we've mentioned on the show before, um, some of these guys are getting up there in age. Michael Bush is just, he's like the one dude that just comes up every time in terms of trades because he really doesn't have a spot on the roster. I would really hate to see them train him to be a left fielder just because I feel like that puts way too much pressure on him. And you can't, I feel like you can't send him back to AAA at the end of spring training. I feel like he has to be on a major league roster. So I feel like he is a guy that needs to be traded. Miguel Vargas is a guy who is a little bit younger that has still value because a lot of teams around the league still think he has a really good hit tool. It just didn't work out last year. Um, and then with Gavin Lux coming back, you know, even some of these bench pieces, like I, I figured Miguel Rojas is definitely going to be in that utility role in the infield. 
Um, so that's kind of taking spots up for these younger guys as well. So I feel like if you're really going to put go all in on 2024, they should get some value back for some of these Dodger prospects, which I imagine is going to get done. I think they are going to uh, get rid of some of them for the right price. Uh, Tyler Glass now was a name that was heavily mentioned that was rumored at the winter meetings from kind of the articles and stuff that I've been reading that the Dodgers have looked into it. And he's due uh, around $25 million. So due to it only being one year and then the amount of money, it may not take much to get, get him on the team. So um, I definitely think you're going to see in these next couple of weeks because the 40 man roster is full. Like uh, the Dodgers can't officially announce the Otani signing until something happens on that roster, whether it's through a release, a DFA, a trade, something has to happen in the next couple days. So Mr. Seabab is ready for his uh, Shohei Otani. I, I did see uh, Dodgers Clubhouse posted. They said they will be taking orders for those pretty soon. So if you want to get that. Also, um, I did hear from the Carne Asada TMZ earlier this week telling me that he had heard that the Dodgers were sh- going to be having uh, signing Shohei you know, toward the end of this week. So Kind of saw the TMV. He was right. He definitely got it right on this one. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's going to be the hot Christmas ticket, the hot item this Christmas for Dodger fans. I know I'm excited to get some of that Otani merch to help pay that contract, I guess. Um, but yeah, $700 million, 10 years. Um, there's obviously a lot of moves that the Dodgers still need to make to have a super successful all season. But I mean, are we really shocked that Otani ended up choosing the Dodgers, Roger. Like, I feel like it's been heavily rumored for the past two years. Almost every MLB analyst kind of picked the Dodgers to get it. Obviously, we saw the Blue Jays were heavily involved, pretty much probably down to the to the end. Um, are you shocked that the Dodgers ended up with him? I'd say I'm a little bit shocked, right? Just because everybody was saying he's going to the Dodgers, he's going to the Dodgers, right? And that and that kind of information is kind of usually never right, right? When everybody's kind of saying like, hey, and then being Shohei, this guy has always kind of seemed to like do his own thing, right? So that's why Toronto made a lot of sense for him. Like he was going to go somewhere where he's going to just be there, kind of do his thing out of the limelight per se, right? But, you know, he said, you know, he's going to stick in LA and he's going to come to LA, the biggest market, right? For him to be in outside of like New York. But, you know, we were talking about this offline is like, how much of a villain do you think Shohei is now when he shows up to another park? Like, I think Shohei has become now the villain of MLB. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised about the response because I actually agree with you. I said, you know, coming to the Dodgers, the team that they've been the the past decade making the playoffs. I mean, everybody likes to crap on the Dodgers as soon as they lose in whatever fashion they do. And then we all expected Otani coming here was going to be like, oh, Tani, you know, of course he's going to the Dodgers. That's the easy way out. Like he's staying in L.A., going with the Dodgers. But I think a lot more people were just shocked for the amount of money that he got because if you look at pretty much all the comments, I don't know what they look like now on, like, Twitter, um, but a lot of them were just like, wow, like I can't believe the Dodgers, like, went out and got, like, gave him that much money. Like I feel like there's just still a shock with it. But I think once we get to the season – um, and once we get through probably October next year, you know, he's going to have a lot of pressure. So not only is he going to get villainized by around, around the MLB, but if he doesn't perform in the, in the postseason, I mean, a lot of Dodger fans heads are probably going to explode. Yeah. And I think once we know more how that actual, that 700 is going to be broken down, like I said, it's deferred. We have no idea how much is deferred, right? Is it a hundred million? Is it 200 million? Like what, what is that number? So when we see his, 
actual, you know, his annual number, and we figure out okay, how much is is gonna is he gonna make this year for the for the next you know ten seasons, and then how much is deferred? But you know, from the looks of it, right on on his IG, it looks like you know he said he wanted to make this deal you know, like that specifically to help the Dodgers. He he did not want to put them in a bad spot. To I mean, attract, yeah, to attract other players to come. Yeah, I mean, kind of going off of what Philip Lopez said in the comments, you know, he said, what does Trout do with, like, what do the Angels do with Mike Trout? What does Mike Trout himself do? And honestly, if I had to think like Mike Trout, this is kind of demoralizing to have Otani not only, I feel like it would have been better for the Angels if Otani just went anywhere else, whether it would be Toronto, a New York team, a random team, the Las Vegas A's. I, I feel like they would have been okay with that. But it's it's a gut punch if you're an Angels fan, anyone that works with the Angels, like for to see Otani just take his talents and go pretty much up the freeway and, and play for the Dodgers. That has to be demoralizing for Mike Trout. And I hope that whatever they're doing or explaining to Trout, like how they're going to compete in 2024 is good enough, because honestly, it's going to be hard to trade Trout. But if I was him, I if they don't compete this year, I would try my hardest to get out of that situation. But just because of his injury history and the amount of money that's due on his contract, it's it's going to be really hard for the Angels to trade him away. And um, it, it kind of sucks for him. But I, I feel like the 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 view or the the mind thought the thoughts process for the the angels and and their fans and trout himself it, it can't be good right now and this i mean we were talking about this during the you know trade seasons like it would would have been best for them to trade for Otani at that time right because they would have gotten prospects to help them out in the long run now they traded them traded away and what well, they just get, they'll get a comp pick right because uh, he had the 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 qualifying offer yeah so i mean Anaheim, like you know, they had their chance. And you know, if you're Mike Trout, Mike Trout, he still has his chance. All he has to do is, is say, Hey, I want to get traded, and he can be, be traded. I mean, we know he's loyal and he wants to stay there. So, but uh, you know, I don't see Anaheim competing anytime soon. And you know, unfortunate because you know, Mike Trout's gonna go down to the Hall of Famer as one of the greatest ever, and probably not he's not gonna sniff the playoffs. Yeah, and I live in the Philadelphia market area. I think the only team that's crazy enough to actually take on that contract um, that is in a position to do it is the Phillies. I, I feel like that would that that does make sense. That has been rumored for some time, um, but I just don't think the Angels are willing to let go of Trout yet. And it really just depends on how twenty twenty four goes. If they hired Ron Washington, they they hired some of these guys for a specific reason, and that is to compete, at whether with with or without Shohei. I mean, if you look at their roster, they do have a good nucleus. With you know, they got Trout. You're you're banking on Anthony Rendon at least coming to be maybe like seventy percent of the player he once was. Especially you know, I imagine Ron Washington isn't going to take any of his attitude that he's had the past couple of years. So um, you're the angels. They, they were never shy to give out big contracts, but I think deep down they knew Otani was leaving and it, it came, it became even more clear once they didn't even make the playoffs this past season, when they put pretty much got rid of a lot of their top prospects, which weren't really highly ranked in the MLB like pipelines, top 100 anyway. And, and now they kind of look like they're not set up well for the foreseeable future and then now you're seeing arguably your most profitable player an icon walk and go to your uh cross uh league rival so um i it definitely it sucks if you're an angels fan 
I mean, and that too, getting back to the the marketing of, of Shohei Otani, right? If you looked at, at the Angels schedule, their marketing, you know, their, their giveaways and stuff for the last couple of seasons, it was like Shohei Otani at least maybe twice a month, whatever they're doing, bobblehead shirts, whatever, bags, whatever, right? And that is the marketing of Shohei Otani. And that is where he is going to basically make all that money back up. You know, whatever it is, if the Dodgers are going to pay him 30, 40 million, I guarantee you they, they're going to make that back up in, in, in sponsorships, right? So at the end of the day, if you're getting this guy for practically nothing because you're making that up, I mean, why aren't you going to take that deal, right? Now, obviously, we just need to see what Shohei is going to do, right? Is he still going to be able to come back and pitch, right? That's the biggest question. And that, for a lot of teams, that was probably the biggest issue, right? It's like, how do we know that this guy is going to be able to come back and continue to pitch? So Yeah, it's definitely... Like we, I mentioned the sponsorships and every all the money he makes. You know, I, I keep referring back to that Keith Law athletic article from a few months ago, where basically it was an estimated anywhere from seventy to a hundred million dollars that Otani was making in just advertisements before he even stepped on the field or the mound. Like he was already making that much money and it for the team in revenue and through advertisements. So if you're doing that every single year, this deal is going to pay for itself. Like as long as Otani is healthy. The Japan market is going to be watching Dodger games. They, they already have been watching Dodger games, and that's just because you know we're on the West Coast, so they have that advantage right there. And Otani staying in that LA market area. There was an article, I think, on the LA Times as well, where a lot of Otani fans were interviewed saying, All right, well, what are you gonna do if he, he ends up moving cross-country or if he if he goes to Canada? And a lot of them were saying, you know, we're gonna follow where Otani goes. And obviously when you have a devoted fan base like that, like the Dodgers want to grow their brand any way they can. And, and it's been rumored that they want to be the poster child for Jap- Japan and baseball. They want to be Japan's team when they watch baseball. And, and that makes sense for get arguably get the most popular baseball player in the world in Otani. So I know it looks, it looks extremely dramatic for the, the, the amount of money he's making, but at the end of the day, it, it may not, be a big dent to the Dodgers at all. Yeah. Cody, uh, if you can take some of the comments, see what's in the comments, answer some of those questions. I got to answer the door real quick. Somebody's here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hold on real quick. I'll be right back. Yeah. Everything's happening when we're live. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see some of that. Now we need to get Cease, Mr. Seabad. I'm kind of hit or miss on Dylan Cease. Um, although the two years of control, I would say it does make sense if they want to have stability in their rotation especially since Walker Bueller is a free agent at the end of the season. And there's already been a lot of stuff talked about with him. Uh, what's a couple other comments, Randy Rosarena, Dave Luna. I would say if they want to do that, that would pretty much blow my expectations away for this off season. Um, that would surprise me, but you know, even the Otani deal surprised me quite a bit. All right. What else we got going on here? Yep. Philip Lopez. Otani has joined the dark side, the Los Angeles Dodgers. We can be even more hated by the league, and Otani can be our leader in that now as well. You know, you guys bring up Otani's number. I'm actually kind of curious because uh, no one can get a really set idea of what his number is going to be for the Dodgers. Obviously, the most likely one is 17, which is currently Joe Kelly's number. He's already said that he's willing to give that number up. Um, I I think someone mentioned that 27 was his preferred number when he first came to the United States and, and played for the angels. But obviously 
Mike Trout's been a huge part of our discussion already. That was already taken through him, and you're not going to ask Mike Trout, hey, can I have your number? And I believe, what was his number in Japan? Was it 18? What was it? So 16, 16 for the WBC team. So yeah, it would be uh that's that's something that's gonna be interesting to see what number he picks. I imagine the press conference has to be soon, but the Dodgers do have to make a corresponding roster move. But yeah, let's get some more comments about what you guys think the Dodgers what do they need to do to complete this offseason? Obviously, Shoya Otani was the big fish to get, and the Dodgers ended up ponying up that 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 piggy bank and they got they got their guy so um i definitely think it's a good start to the offseason i feel like a lot of us were a little little worried that he wasn't gonna sign with the team um especially after yesterday with all the blue jays talk um playing gate but yeah it's definitely something that was extremely interesting so simeon welcome welcome hey how you doing what else we got going on here? Yeah, let's get some more interaction. Let's see what else has been happening. How shocked are we? Philip Lopez. Everyone going to start signing soon? Yeah, I hope I hope so. I hope this kicks off the MLB free agency. It's kind of weird because Otani wasn't holding up every team. It, I mean, it had to have just been just three or four teams that were seriously like interested in this deal. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that there was such a standstill in the MLB free agency, but I guess because the Dodgers or the Blue Jays or whoever else was linked was also linked to a lot of these other free agents, especially in the DH. You know, now JD Martinez, who had an extremely good year, a bounce back year with the Dodgers last season, now we're expecting him. He's probably going to walk and go somewhere else. I, I, that would be something to look at for this offseason as well. Yeah. Tamatlia, yeah, I definitely think a rental makes more sense for this rotation because I still think they want to keep a lot of the pitching prospects that they have. And if you're going to get guys like Cease or even Burns to an extent, that's a pretty big price tag that are on these pitchers. I've been preaching for the past couple of weeks that it should be Tyler Glass now is that is their main guy that they should be going after. And because of him making $25 million this year, and only being on a one-year deal, it's not going to take up much. I mean, you could honestly, if you want to give them just straight up Gavin Stone for Glass now, it could possibly get the job done. Michael Bush or for Glass now, it could just be a one-for-one one or maybe something along those lines. It really just depends on what the Rays are going to do. But I imagine a lot of these rental guys are going to be in high demand uh, across a lot of these teams. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Dennis, I agree. You know, J.D. had an extremely great year. He was a really great hitter for the Dodgers. Um, I definitely think uh, whoever signs him is going to get a nice pure hitter. It's just, unfortunately, the Dodgers have the DH spot taken by Shohei Otani now. Um, if I had to pick a spot, I honestly think he goes to the Marlins. They definitely need a DH, and he's from the Florida area, so I feel like it makes sense. Yeah, Dennis, you're talking, you know, if you're going to go big and go home, get get class now, package him with a Rosarena. That just sounds like prototypical Dodgers trading to me. Um, I definitely think it's it, it is doable if if the Tampa Bay Rays definitely have him on the market. 
I would definitely go in all in on Randy Rosarena complete this entire offseason. I mean, do the Dodgers do that now? I'm not too sure. Um, I definitely I think last now is like a big trade piece that they can get, but there's just so many teams that are interested. And you throw in a Rosarena in there, a lot more teams. I mean, a lot of these other teams around the league, they also have good farm systems as well. They could use Randy Rosarena. Look who's back. Roger. <laughs> the news is getting out, man. People coming to my door and saying, hey, we got Shohei. We got Shohei, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, I mean, what's what was your guys' like initial reaction, right? Like you like we were talking about, like, I mean, I think my initial reaction, like I was just like I said, I was scrolling through through um Twitter and I saw Passon say Passon, of course, right? But he didn't break the news, right? It was it was it was Otani on IG and I went to I'm like, we got Shohei, so I mean, it's yeah, I had day. it. I had it on my watch, and I didn't even get the passing one first. I had because I have his notifications sent on because you know MLB offseason, we don't know what's going to happen. It's actually Jack Harris was the one that tweeted it out first for me. Just said Otani to Dodgers via his Instagram, and I was like, no way. So then I pulled up the phone. I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is what we're doing today. Yeah, I mean, after after yesterday, like I said, I didn't expect anything today to go down. And kind of, and that's kind of, that's kind of when it happens, right? You're not expecting it. You're, you know, had plans to go do something else. You know, you're all getting a haircut, doing your thing, right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> news breaks, right? And it's like crap. Like, and now trying to get something together to come onto the live. So, yeah, yeah Mr. Seabay like, got it right. I, I mean, I had to get my haircut as soon as I heard the Otani news. I had to get dapper, show him what we mean here on Dodgers Beat and the Bleed Lows podcast. You know. Unfortunately um, for us, we didn't. I didn't post an article saying that he was signing with the the Toronto Blue Jays prematurely. I I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with that. That's why I was a little surprised just when that happened today. It's because it looked like, even though it wasn't made official yesterday, I've really thought all signs were kind of indicating that he was going to go to Toronto. It just seemed like another thing. Maybe the Dodgers lowballed him. Maybe Otani. You know, he is the unicorn of the sport. Maybe he wanted to just be different. You know, everybody pinpointed him going to LA. Maybe he was the type of guy that says, Oh, well, they expect me to do that. Well, I'm going to change, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to go to Toronto. But from everything that we heard, that what he wanted, and that was to be on a winning team, there, like I mentioned before on our last live, you know, there's really only three teams that you could argue around the league that have been that have a winning culture and that have been winning year in and year out. And that is the Dodgers, the Braves and the Astros. And the only other team out of that group that we heard that was interested was the Braves. And, and just because of how they operate, I didn't think they had a shot. So honestly, I, I'm just glad the way things unfolded, it was a, a nice announcement to get just on a random Saturday. Um, kind of reading his Instagram post though, Roger, I kind of want to get your thoughts. It seemed like, he had to have heard some of the fans and the media's anger towards him kind of holding up the market because he, he, he apologized saying for taking his decision too long. What do you make about that? Yeah. I mean, re real quick though, as far as like the news that was breaking yesterday and, you know, I mean, I think so many people wanted to be the person to break this news story. Right. I mean, just, Hey, I'm the dude that broke the story of Shohei going to the Dodgers. Right. So what I had, what I had heard is the person that reported it was probably tipped off by someone that had a connection to the Blue Jays, right? It was more it was more of secondhand kind of knowledge. That's why it wasn't picking up by anybody else. It's like 
they heard it. They kind of heard this is what's going to happen, but they couldn't really trust it because it was secondhand knowledge. So that is kind of what had happened. Like there was some, some other people told me that that's why nobody else was reporting on it just because it couldn't really be trusted. And their editors actually wouldn't let them post that because again, it was kind of secondhand knowledge. So, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, you know, like I said, everybody wanted that, that, that person, they wanted to be that person. But at the end of the day, like I said, I kind I kind of figured it was going to be Otani just, the way this whole thing played out, right? Being all secretive and, you know, and, you know, Otani knew it. You know, Otani, he wanted, he, he's very, you can tell he's a very respectful person, right? And I think that's, we saw that. And, hey, I'm, I apologize for this being so, taking so long, but, you know, now it's done and, you know, he's here and he's ready to take care of business. Yeah, I, I honestly think, I agree with you. It seemed like it was going to be whoever announced the deal was going to be Otani himself. You know, it made sense because he wanted secrecy with it. Obviously, there was stuff reported about meetings that he had with teams, but I feel like that's just stuff that's always going to get out as long as numbers and years. I feel like that's the stuff he truly valued. But, you know, we for the Dodgers, until Dave Roberts even mentioned anything, no one even knew that who Otani met with. And he ended up meeting with the team right before the winter meetings, which was news to pretty much everybody because nobody knew that he was there. Um, but obviously, you know, we knew there was going to be meetings. We knew that the teams w- who were involved. So I honestly see why there was some fans around the league and there was a lot of media members that were angry that they didn't have more transparency with his with his free agents decision. And, and I obviously understand that too, especially for me, like you watch in the MLB offseason, you're like, all right, when are these guys going to sign? Cause we talked about it last time, you know, a lot of these other leagues like the NFL, the NBA, their free agency is done within like the first week where instead of spending all winter or all offseason planning on, all right, who are we going to sign? We're saying, all right, well, these are the guys that we brought in. How's this team going to look? You can kind of create content off of that which is a lot easier to do than, than just spreading rumors and kind of writing what you're hearing or writing what you think the team will do. Well, this is what they did. This is who they put on the field. Now we can kind of start getting that uh, content rolling because I feel like now it's already been mentioned in the chat. Otani's the first big domino. I, I imagine in the next couple weeks that a lot of these other free agents are going to sign as well. Yeah, I think I think as they say, you know, business is about to pick up. I think once that domino, you know, show he was that huge domino has fallen. Tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, you're going to start seeing, you know, free agents, Blake Snell or whoever, right, or trades, right. Um, maybe the Rays are making trades, right. We're going to start seeing that start to happen now. I think we're going to start kind of just everything is just going to start, you know, picking up speed. And as we get into, I mean, we're in December, guys. We're in the middle, getting to the middle of December. Next thing is it's January and it's February and spring training. So baseball is literally almost right around the corner. So I think, like we said, things are going to start moving now at a rapid pace. And Philip Lopez put in the chat an, an interesting question in terms of starting pitching. Yamamoto or Snell? I mean, that's a big one that the Dodgers could definitely look into. I've seen them linked to Snell, um, even through David Vasse, who's kind of been preaching that that Snell to L.A. train. Um Currently, how the Dodgers roster is constructed, I mean, you can probably have a rotation without a left-handed starter and be fine, especially if they bring Kershaw back and they anticipate him returning in August. Then there you go. That's filled. So I would say in terms of roster construction, the way I would build the starting rotation, I feel like Snell's a little bit of a safer bet because, you know, we've already seen 
how he plays in the MLB. You know, he has had a roller coaster of a ride. I really don't think he's going to replicate what he did this past season just because, you know, you can't be walking almost four or five guys a game and still have an ERA that low. Like, he had a lot of stuff happen behind him. You know, sometimes in baseball, you just get lucky in certain years. Um, the Padres also had one of the best defenses in the league last year. And that's another thing, you know, you get, you walk a guy or two and then you get a ground ball double play. That's two outs right there. Um, Yamamoto just seems like another big fish. I feel like Otani kind of pushes them over the top in some of these negotiations that they'll, that they'll have with Yamamoto. So um, I still think Yamamoto is probably going to sign with one of the New York teams. I wouldn't be shocked though, if he pivots to LA, but if I had to say roster construction rise, I feel like Snell makes the most sense, but I could see the Dodgers pass on either of them. So as far as Yamamoto, so like I said, I was talking to somebody today regarding that, um, those negotiations. Like Yamamoto wants to be a Dodger. He would love to be a Dodger. He grew up being a Dodgers fan, and he would love to be a Dodger. But the thing is, like I said, they might be outpriced, right? When it's getting into the 250, 300 range, that's kind of the talk. I don't know if the Dodgers are going to go for that just because – like we said, he's inexperienced coming over to the U.S., right? So we don't. It's kind of a big question mark, right? I think if he's if he, if he's willing to lower it to where they're more comfortable, then I can see a deal happening. But if it starts getting up to where where some of those uh, projections are at, I think yeah, they're they're going to get outpriced. Yeah, and I definitely think with Yamamoto, I feel like when the offseason first started, he was rumored to get more of a six-year deal, seven years maybe. And now just because of the amount of competition between teams, it seems like that number is getting closer to 10, 300 like you throwing out there right now. Um, honestly, if he's willing to take like a six- or seven-year deal that's like more than $30 million a year, like maybe that entices him to just take that shorter-term deal and then he can test free agency again because he, he is only 25. So if he signs a six-year deal, he goes back into free agency in his 30s. So that's not out of the question. And then the Dodgers, the way they're, they've constructed their roster, even now with Otani, if he's getting deferred money, we don't know how much that money is getting deferred. I imagine because you can't pay him $70 million a year, so that's why it has to be deferred. I imagine they probably try to get it to that maybe 35 to $40 million range, which – Honestly, that's not asking too much because at the end of the day, you have to look at Otani as that two-way player because that's what you're paying him for. And while not be that way in 2024, in the future, you have to essentially maybe look at it. All right, if he's making 35, 40 million, we're paying 20 million dollars for half of him and then the other half of him. So um, if they want to give some of these creative contracts, kind of similar to the one that they gave to Trevor Bauer, where it was short-term, high AAV. They are in the 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 way they've set everything up. They are well in their range to do that. And I saw Tim. Tim Rogers was in the chat from Dodgers 28. I don't know if he's still in here, but he was saying something. I think he was saying something about it. Even if the Dodgers signed Shohei at, you know, at kind of what it was reported to be, they would still kind of be under the 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 threshold, right? Is that, is that what he was saying? Did you see that tweet? I don't know if he's still in here. If he can... There is a possibility... I think it just depends on how his contract works out because before the Otani signing, the Dodgers were 15th or 16th in the league in payroll. And this was something that we talked about a lot. I mean, I had a whole spreadsheet basically saying, yeah, the Dodgers, they have no money on the books right now. They can literally do whatever they want to do because of their payroll and how much money they have to spend. And even the Colorado Rockies were above them. Like the Colorado Rockies were technically right now 
spending more money than the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was like 131 to 130, 130 million being with the Dodgers. Um, they can realistically have Otani and then maybe sign another starter and still be under the tax threshold, which that would be huge W for Andrew Freeman and everyone that's running the financials in the Dodgers because they still technically haven't reset their luxury tax because they went over it last year. So this question that Pablo XH34 is asking, does Otani signing make it more likely for Kiki to stay? So right now the Dodgers don't really have an outfield, right? I mean, when you got Mookie Betts, you move Mookie Betts to second, um, and then you, you sign Jason Hayward. Um, David Peralta is probably not coming back, right? You have James Altman in center. So they do need guys that are willing to, you know, we got Chris Taylor as well. So he's probably seen a majority of the time is going to be in, in the outfield. So you do need guys that are going to be versatile and you can play out, out in the outfield, right? Kike is one of them. Um, I've been hearing, though, Kike has been getting a lot of interest as a center fielder, though. So if he's getting interest as a center fielder, maybe to start again, I don't know if he wants to test those waters again where he goes and be a full-time player or he kind of says, you know what, I'll stay with the Dodgers as a part-timer where I believe I think he does better, right? As a part-time player, I think the pressure is kind of off of him and he's able just to go out there and do his thing and relax. And and we know that he is a big time player come postseason. So, I mean, with we, we've discussed the reunions. I mean, I'm I'm kind of open to Kike. You know, I, I think he's still he's able he he will be able to help them in more way, more ways than one, right? Because um he's very versatile, right? Yeah, I definitely out of all the reunion talk that I see on Dodgers Twitter and, and Dodgers social media, I am open to Kiki. I hope that makes Amy Cuevas extremely happy. I am open to the idea of Kiki because, like you said, I think he's better in a platoon part-time role where he moves from center. Maybe he plays some games at second, short, third, hell, maybe even first. You know, this is that that's the type of guy Kiki is. Um, but I agree with you. I still think at the end of the day, if he gets an opportunity to start full-time as a player, he will probably take that deal regardless because – I mean, who wouldn't want to start full-time? No matter, he's already gotten his ring. You know, he doesn't need anything else. Maybe he does want to still be in a winning environment, but I feel like if he still wants to be a starter, he'll take that opportunity. But he has remained, he has expressed interest in returning, you know, in a similar role that he's played in years before. Um, but the Dodgers desperately need a right-handed hitty, hitting outfielder because we, I mentioned it before, you know, you know now you put Otani in this lineup, you have to replace the right-handed power that J.D. Martinez brought. The lefty lineup looks really nice, but we need some guys that can hit from the right side of the plate. Um, so that there's a there's a, a bunch of guys out there in the free agent market. The Dodgers have a few younger guys in in their minor league system. Johnny DeLuca was one name that we brought up as well. Uh, but yeah, they'll definitely have to look for a right-handed hitter if it's not Kiki Hernandez. Yeah, and, and I totally forgot about that. You know, JD now, I mean, JD looks like he's definitely going to be gone. Um, so they you, they do have to replace that power, right? You have your 30-plus home runs from the right-hand side right there. Um, I mean, who is available to do that, right? We've, we've, we've discussed, like, Matt Chapman, right? But he's a third baseman, right? So you got Muncie. Like, there's, there's still so much, I think, that's going to be done, right? Trades, you know, that the way the Dodgers look right now, it's going to be a very – different team the way they look on spring training of 2020 2024 yeah i honestly think you know um who brought it up in the chat uh jr 
if they can somehow spin a trade for Luis Robert Jr. and Dylan Cease, that's the only way I'm okay with taking on Dylan Cease and the question marks from him. Um, because, you know, you get Luis Robert, he can plug in straight into center, left, right, wherever you want to put him. And he has a lot of years under control, cheap control too. So it, it could take a lot of the Dodgers prospects to get a deal done, but that's the way the Dodgers can kind of move on from some of these guys instead of keeping them locked in AAA. Yeah, and I think this is, like I said, this is where we're going to see Friedman and the front office. They're really going to have to start getting creative, right, in what they're going to, how they're going to put this team together, you know, going forward. Okay, they got they got Shohei. Shohei was the guy they wanted, right? Now they have to figure out, okay, do we get a Yamamoto? Do we get, do we trade for a Cease? Do we trade for, you know, I mean, do we sign Blake Snell or do we sign Luis, um, Luis Giolito, uh, right? Um, I mean, that, like I said, this is where the creativity is going to come in, and the the next couple of weeks, I think, are going to be we'll, we'll start seeing a lot of big moves from the Dodgers, kind of you know trades, DFAs, whatnot. So, interesting couple of weeks, I think, to to finish off the year. Yeah, I definitely think um, we pretty much talked everything about we could about Shohei right now. We won't know too much until it's officially made by the Dodgers, but. Honestly, that's the big news. You know, it's Otani signing today. I did not expect that at all. Um, I was starting to lean more that he maybe was not signing with the Dodgers, but you know, you mentioned it. They have a lot of they have a lot of work to do. Shohei, great. The Dodgers got their guy. I tweeted out a few about a week or two ago where I said, you know, if it's if it was down to the Dodgers and the Blue Jays for Shohei, they had to get it done. They made their plan, even though it was never an official plan. The writing was on the walls. They they were shedding payroll. They weren't signing guys to long term deals. They were letting go of beloved fan like fan favorites like Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager. They did it all for a reason, and, and it was to get this guy right here. And they finally did that. But the work isn't finished. You know, they still have to fill out their rotation. They still have to figure out kind of what they're doing. Maybe with third base. Maybe Muncie is is or is not the answer. Um, the bullpen as well. It was a strength down the stretch, but you know how like versatile those those things can be or futile it, it could you don't know if all these guys that were really good for you last season are going to work in 2024 so the Dodgers I agree with Roger when when spring training rolls around in January February and guys are reporting to camp it's going to be a much different team you know we still have that three-headed monster now in in, in Mookie Betts Freddie Freeman and Shohei Otani but what are we doing to put around them um, that'll be the big storylines. But now that the big fish is finally signed, um, hopefully we get more clarity on what the Dodgers' plan is. And real quick before we go, big shout out to Ashley Kelly, um, Joe Kelly's wife. I don't know if you saw, she had a campaign called uh, "Oh Take 17, <laughs> reaching out to Shohei Otani saying, hey, take Joe Kelly's number. Here's 17. It's already ready to go. Designs, all you got to do is you know change the name from Kelly to Otani. So big shout out to her. I think that's what put them over so and and that whole thing with kelly joe kelly you know like that he's willing to give his number up so i think uh, la's re ready i mean i can't wait to see uh what's going to happen next season yeah well that about does it for this live hopefully one and any other otani doubter will join the show again that way we can see their reactions on the deal as well i personally will have an article probably posted on dodgers beat later today or early tomorrow morning kind of not just breaking down the deal itself but pretty much everything leading up to it, why it makes sense. And hopefully overnight we get a lot more 
details about the 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 deal that was signed so um but yeah i'm extremely excited for 2024 otani was the the first step and now they can fill out the rest of the roster all right thanks guys so we'll keep you posted on the next live hopefully like you said uh juan will be here get his reaction and and some of those guys so talk to you guys soon thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.